Greetings, and welcome to the 80-Level Roundtable Podcast. In each episode, host Kirill Tokarev invites video game industry leaders to talk about the world of game development. No topic is off-limits as long as it relates to video game development. New episodes are in the works, so remember to follow us or subscribe and share with someone you know will also enjoy the podcast. Please uh, do a little introduction for us and uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and the company that you're running. Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for the in- invitation. And I'm happy to talk to the audience as many times as we need to record it. So all yours. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no worries at all. I'm telling, uh, I'm telling you, like many, many, many years ago, I, I worked on television maybe for like five, six, seven years. And uh, I remember we had so many mistakes like this, though. I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. So uh, my name is Vlad Panchenko, and uh, I'm running the market. Uh, this is my actually third company in the video games business. Um, the first I started in uh, 2008. Uh, since then, uh, I progressed a little bit with the experience, with the technologies, with the companies. And uh, now we're here in the market. I was born and raised in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, this is where everything started. Now I live in LA. And, uh, well, uh, trying to actually bring uh, tools and technologies to the video games industry, to the developers, to the artists, to the content creators. And to be honest, what I say that I'm, I'm bringing tools for them to uh, make a living, to make better games, to bring more fun. But I actually, what I'm doing, I'm making my childhood dreams come true. So uh, that's, that's very, I don't know, selfish probably. But before Kirill asked me what, what's, what's inspiring you, it, it, it's my dream. So, and when I can see that I can actually make it happen, you can't stop me. I mean, I'm trying to connect everyone and make everybody happy while we're moving there. But I'm actually moving everybody to the point where I can actually feel that I made what I believe we Everybody has to be and has to have it. So um, now I can tell you what it is. It's it's uh, <laughs> the it's the future. First of all, um, very much connected to the as a, it's it's a very broad example, but still everybody uses it. It's much closer example than anything else. Is uh, Ready Player One movie? It's the world where we can live in the games. We can make a living in games. We can find. I don't know, love, find work, find craftsmanship in the game. And when we can, as I just mentioned, we can make some money in the game, build some collections, trade items, craft items. And all this, all this um, future, it, it's definitely coming because even now there are, I don't know, 400 to 500 million people in the world who already are paying for virtual items, for skins, for weapons, for badges, for, I don't know, for, uh, stickers for, for this kind of stuff, billions of dollars. And I know for sure that right now, New Zoo is doing report about how many of them is actually willing uh, to freely trade those items, to own them, to be able to, to sell and buy and this kind of stuff. Uh, because some big American company actually um, um, Asked them or paid them or requested them to make this kind of report, and they contacted us with a couple of questions. They can't oh, say that's who. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they can say who, because uh, this is part of the of the agreement they have. But somebody is doing this, and when this is a big American company, there are not so many, like maybe ten to twenty big American gaming companies. So, and if somebody else is thinking the way I think, this future is coming even quicker. The future where in the games are having this open world economies. Uh, we in the market, we're just bringing tools for that and different tools. So uh, tools uh, for creators of user-generated content, tools for game developers to create content, to get money, to pay out lots of money and to contain people. Everything I can do to make everybody happy, but still move everybody to this future. So Vlad, you mentioned that uh, this kind of ideas, they're uh, being embraced by uh, more companies out there in the market. So what do you think are like the best examples of businesses that work around the uh, user-generated content? Um, probably Steam well, Workshops, maybe, mm -hmm. I don't know, Microsoft with Minecraft, maybe some other examples. So what are, uh, which companies are actually succeeding and uh, sort of like thinking in the right direction with this? Well, uh, uh, more or less, um, millions of dollars in UGC started with Steam Workshop. And kudos to Gabe. He opened up so many portals for us so many years ago that the whole industry had grown on the ideas and on the software and the products they built. Uh, Steam Workshop is beautiful. Uh, it's, it's, it's the idea which we're actually growing in many different directions right now, but the, still the core is then when I'm having a game and I want more content, sometimes I have enough money to hire enough people, but sometimes I can just ask community. So bring me those knives or bring me those, I don't know, helmets. And then if they're being approved and they come to the game, then we will share some revenues. From my perspective, this is first of all, a very fair, uh, very fair, fair economy. When I can contribute to the game, I can make some money, uh, I can make some living being an artist and delivering something. Uh, secondly, it actually inspires a lot of people in the community that uh, I am as a game developer, I actually value what they think, what they want to bring on the table. And uh, it's a great thing connecting uh, game developers and the community all together. Um, and this is, from my perspective, what started by Steamworks. Uh, however, uh, you mentioned Minecraft. I, I would even go further and uh, mention Roblox. So, uh, Mm, what guys are doing is brilliant. So, and again, they allow a lot of people to make a living within the game. This is the future where I want to live in. Maybe in a broader way, maybe in a more free way, but they are actually doing a very good thing because they're building not just an entertainment uh, um, as it is, but they're building the platform for the community to create other entertainment to entertain the community. And they're sharing the revenues and bringing the tools. And of course, Minecraft is a good example. They're, uh, this, um, mm, they're still not there, but it's an amazing product on um, PlayStation, the dreams, 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 yes. Uh, same thing, same way, still a little bit different approach, but again, they're bringing us tools in the world where I can actually make a living uh, evolve as an artist, as a content creator, and entertain everybody else. That's cool. Love it. Yeah, actually, Dreams is a very good example because we have 
um, we have one guy in our community and we did an interview with him and he is like a professional environment artist, but he just goes to dreams and starts, you know, building something, sculpting stuff in VR. And the quality of the stuff that he creates there is probably the same as most of like indie games that you find on Steam. It's just like, it's uncanny. It's uh, yeah, he's building some absolutely crazy stuff within a game. So I totally agree with you that the kind of tools and the abilities that are currently available for the players are unrivaled. Like before that, you had to go and download like a map editor and play around with like 3ds max and start building the, those skins so it's like a whole complicated technical process and right now a lot of those tools are actually available within the game itself so i think the ideas that you're talking about they're actually getting into the developers heads and most importantly publishers head as well and they are starting thinking about like the way that you can utilize all that and uh, make more money basically on the games that they're selling because it's uh, yeah, they also open. Yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 that's me. That's me interrupting you. But uh, it's not always about money. It's, it's great about money because it's still the business. And but it's a great business because it opens up opportunity to much broader community than it was before, as you just said. So imagine how many creative people with crazy, unbelievable, amazing ideas around the world, but for whom this kind of editors level things and different uh, tools would be difficult to understand and to learn but now they're getting more and more uh, tools which are so easy to use and to learn and that they can create something beautiful for us for consumers of this of these beautiful things so love this world love, love where we're going Vlad so can you give us like a little bit more about the way market actually works and um, just break it down for us so what does the artist get from it uh, what does the game get for it where is your interest like what are the services that you're providing because um I've seen your project back when it was just uh, I think a, like a PDF file or uh, like a, just like some screens written down. Now you have a launched website, you have your own marketplace. Would be very interesting to learn more about how it all works. Uh, well, I can uh, tell you, uh, you, you know, it's a podcast, so you can always cut what is boring or you're seeing it's not useful. So I'll just tell you a little bit longer story than you asked for. You just cut whatever you're saying, it's not cool. So yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, um, uh, it all started with the very, very idea that uh, I want to see the world where I can actually own some virtual items, trade them, and uh, I want my friend to be able to create these items, deliver it to the game so I can use them, and everybody is having fun and some money. But um, uh, it started with the, uh, our like uh, items trading. It started with the website skins.cash in 2016. Uh, we used our core software we had before, which could predict sales for millions of items uh, and in different countries for millions of users and such. So we could predict which items will sell at what price, when, to whom, at what quantity for like six months ahead for like 80 billion, 8 billion uh, market, which uh, CSGO items were in 2016. 
So we used this to build skins cache. And the whole idea was very simple. It just evolved like crazy afterwards. So before, if you wanted to sell some items from your Dota, CSGO, or Team Fortress, um, you had to go through the whole eBay style experience. So you go to the website, you put it on sale, then the buyer is coming, he finds your item, he buys it, and then, and then the items had to be, the uh, money has to be cleared and then come to you. It always took more than two weeks. Um, what we did, we started buying items for our own money. So if you come with a knife, which costs like $100, it's a one page application, one page website. You come, you, we, we see the knife and we tell you, okay, we will give you $80, but right away, like now. In two minutes, you're getting your bank, wire, PayPal, whatever you want, credit card. And then we were reselling this item in a couple of months with like some margin, like 20, 25% margin. So, and that, that was the whole business about. Uh, for me, it was actually hmm, another funny story. It was actually the first product for like B2C product before we just did in-house in in-house things in software. And uh, um, honestly, I have masters in history. So for me to run uh, IT company, developers, project management, development, and everything else, I, I didn't know a thing about it, like for the, like a B2C product. So the website worked very well because the idea was cool and we could predict the prices very well. However, the product itself, like we could easily buy some streamers for like $5,000 for one day. And then this day, the whole website wasn't working because he didn't just couldn't sustain this amount of users. It took me a year uh, of blood, sweat, and tears he actually built this one page application, which was working. But, and uh, another thing, which I will always feel the pain for, like uh, for one page website, we paid a million dollars uh, after a year in, in total. However, this website from the first couple of weeks was bringing more money than we spent. That's why it was probably okay and good school for me. And this, what actually brought me to the whole demarket idea. It was much simpler in the beginning because I didn't know how broad it has to be to make it work. What I saw when I saw that we trade like 50,000 items per day, half of them are actually created by different uh, uh, community members and artists. And I said, wow, let us create like the perfect marketplace, bring it to the game developers, connect it with the UGC like Steam workshops and everybody will just use it because wow, for the game developer, free to play games, open economics, everybody will use it. And remember it was before Fortnite. So uh, when we developed actually that marketplace and I went out to the game developers, first of all, they said that free-to-play games are not that cool and nobody will pay that much money for skins, which became much easier after Fortnite, Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone. So now it's much easier and everybody wants it. But it occurred that to make game developers use the software, it has to have so many different other pieces of it, which if I knew, I wouldn't probably go that way. Because for example, and you know, and most of your listeners know better than I did that time, that we have to pay all the taxes in the world for the game developer and, and this is how it works. So we have to bring the cleared money because all the game developers we connected now, everybody's trading uh, pre-order packs, items, games. So as they are used to, as Steam does, as Epic Games Store does, everybody does, we have to pay the taxes all around the world. And this is crazy and crazy. It, it took us like 18 months just to build this whole system. Crazy thing.
another thing, and we touched it a little bit. So Roblox, for example, is paying to uh, their creators already paid. They said something like 300, $400 million they already paid out to their users. So we pay around $2 million to the users of uh, demarket.com website every month. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. And that's not for like 10 users. That's thousands of users. Well, probably, yeah, probably thousands of users. Yeah. Uh, and to do it all around the world, uh, it's a little bit difficult because uh, if you want just to get money into the game, you connect it so and then boom, it works everywhere in the world. Perfect. But if you want to pay out millions of dollars to millions of users, there may be um, four or five payment providers who do it all over the world. And okay. like three out of five, they don't work with the video games industry because, because a lot of fraud and money laundering. And yeah, that's, uh, that's the question I had. That uh, I think a lot of companies actually are very cautious about payouts. Not only because it can hurt their like in-game economy and gameplay, all this stuff, but because of like the money laundering schemes and credit card fraud. Oh well, general fraud of all the payment methods. Mm -hmm. Credit cards mostly fraud. PayPal, credit card, everything. Of course, and uh, believe me, when we even started with SkinsCash and then the first iterations of Demarket in two thousand seventeen. It was a huge problem for us. So I, I, I understand that now, even if some big guys, I don't know, like, I don't know, Blizzard will sing, all right, next game, we will pay out money to users. They will actually die very quickly. I've seen a couple of copycats of the market uh, with lots of money in the pockets, die like in two, three months just because of amount of fraud. So this is like a jewel in the crown we have. We have a very specific, specific algorithms in-house built to track uh, and to rate and, and to score users, transactions, and items. Because it's one thing uh, to uh, fight with the physical items fraud, and there are a lot of companies who do it. And we even have them connected as well as an uh, outside uh, solution. But for everything connected with digital items, almost no one in the world understands how liquid and how valuable they are. So we'll build the whole mechanism in-house to prevent, because I remember the times when we had like 30%, sorry, 30% fraud in-house. But um, uh, then we lowered it up, it's like less than 1%. Now it's like less than 0.0.5%, something like that. But this is very, very, very difficult, honestly. And uh, for now, nobody does it. So it's another problem. And that's why those companies we work right now with payouts to users, they still work with us for so many years because we fight, but they don't have these problems. But this is difficult. I've seen companies, for example, one of our, um, I don't know, like also guys in the business doing CSGO items. So he was bought by another Polish company in, in this autumn. So they had to shut down the whole company after like October for months because they had like 90% of fraud on the platform. And like in 30 days, payment provider comes to you and says, first of all, you pay all the chargebacks. Secondly, you get disconnected because nobody wants to work with you. It's, it's difficult. But um, uh, um, it, it's just one story with all the payments. So it's much, much easier when we're talking something like Steam Workshop. Again, I'll, I'll tell you today a couple of things we're releasing this autumn. 
No way. Uh, which you can see right now in production, but I've seen already some in, in playtests in, in QA. But uh, for example, with the um, workshop, uh, it's a very important part because most of the games we have the contract right now, they um, are not interested only in just trading items at the marketplace and having this uh, SDK for their Unity or Unreal engine and the game working like they having all trading in the system, money coming in, out, taxation, everything. But uh, uh, the very big part of what they demand is the workshop. Because if like Valve could uh, actually drop the amount of user-generated skins to like 5% because they can afford a lot of artists to hire them or to outsource them. But 95% of game developers are not that, um, they, they don't have this huge war chest, but they can and they will and they want to engage with the community. If you love the game, if you're great artists and you can contribute like that guy, you said he's going into dreams and building some world. We build the tools much less sophisticated for now, but uh, more scalable so that more or less any game on the planet can connect and then can have their requests what they want to be done. Then the community can um, um, apply what they, what they have drawn, created, and then when they uh, approve it and it goes into production, then they're getting some revenue share. This is another big tool of the set of tools which the market tech consists of. So once again, so it's the market tech is not only the marketplace on the web, it's also the whole technologies of exchanging, crafting, buying, selling, paying out within the game, on the mobile, on the web, and also this um, workshop uh, piece. There is also another piece, which is right now, like, I don't know, mid-production, is something where um, we connect streamers uh -huh. and uh, content creators and video game developers. So uh, I'm not sure how, how, how detailed I should tell you before it's actually being released, but this is something connected with items, with streamers, and with actual game they are streaming about and how we can interact with the whole community connected and the whole subscribers connected to the Twitch or YouTube. Right now just Twitch, but then will be more. So if, you, if there is a Twitch streamer, the whole community of the streamer, we have the tools how to make most of them to actually come and try the game, use the items, trade them, exchange them, and thus like activating activating them to come to the game. Mm -hmm. That's another part of the tools we're bringing on in October probably. What so that's all super interesting. Like uh, thank you for going into the details and uh, talking about like the how the whole thing works. Um, I do have some other questions. I think they're connected more with the way that you see, um, I guess, competition in general in this market. Because you've explained a lot of things, and uh, I think what you're doing is um, definitely unique in this market. And I, we don't see a lot of like uh, established companies doing something in this direction. So I'm wondering, how do you see competition? What do you do about it? And uh, how do you think this market will develop like in the next uh, couple of years, let's say, with the, new, with the new gaming systems introduced, with the new tech coming, with the engines becoming more like graphically powerful, but at the same time, you know, Epic's doing a lot to making them more affordable so, and uh, all those things going on. So 
where do you see like the threats of new entrants? Let's say, how do you see your customers? Are they gonna, you know, continue to hunt down for like the best offer? Will they push the prices down? And um, how will video game developers work within this whole like game system? Do you think we're gonna have a bunch of big games like Fortnite and let's say, I don't know, Minecraft or Roblox? Or are we gonna have a bunch of like smaller games that are also embracing this kind of hack and trying to play something? Because with like cross-platform games right now, it seems like a logical step to go into like a cross-item market as well mm -hmm. when you play with one item in one game and then you export it into the next game and you only buy it once, right? Uh, well, many questions in one. Um, first of all, the whole, and you know it as well, probably better than I do, uh, the whole um, technology stack in the industry is getting easier and easier to start creating something. So the engines, the what they include themselves, the technologies. So to create a game, you, you, you now the entrance level is much, much lower than it was, I don't know, 10 years ago. Um, and um, from my perspective, the tools we bring on, they will open up another revenue streams and the whole economy and lots of lots of great people will come and lots of money will be made. Um, um, the question about big games and small games. Well, I believe that um, uh, team, I mean, Team Sweeney would be happy yeah, if Fortnite would be like, Number one, the one, but uh, and it's probably one of the best games on the market right now. One of the best. There are a lot of great games, but um, um, this is human nature to always demand different experience and demand more. Can you solve that within one game? I'm not sure because you will have to understand how to retain the core audience and then how to make happy the others who are already bored. So from my perspective, those big games, they're like in a very good way, like a black hole, like they're attracting more and more people to come to the video games industry. And then they will just uh, go to many, many different other little big medium and everybody else's games. So uh, it's definitely much harder now than 10 years ago to get attention to your game. It, it's the greatest example would be like uh, the Nintendo Switch and like the first year of its existence and now. So before you can just release the game and everybody will buy it. There's not so many games were in the Switch. Now it's all the same like with, with Steam and Valve. So it's crazy how you have to fight for the traffic and everything. But um, I still don't think that we will see like three games and having most uh, of the market uh, and like taking every everything from everyone. It's just too... We humans are so different and so complicated that uh, it's actually a great thing that you can't entertain everybody in like one place. We'll be led lots of different places. Epics could actually, or or the guys from Roblox, I don't remember the, the name of the mother company, or the um, they can actually um, like like um, create different games and then try to entertain different audience. So I would. Bring the example, for example, it's a strange example, but still, take Mercedes, for example, as an uh, automotive co company. 
like 50 years ago, they had, I don't know, three, four, five models of cars. That's it. Now their lineup is, I don't know, 25 different cars. You never know what it is, why. So, but they try to serve everyone. So you stick to the brand and then they entertain you in different levels connected to your uh, wallet, to your experience and to your, I don't know, social place, whatever. So maybe this is the way where the games will go. But again, it's so much different. So it's also connected to the types of the game. Somebody loves hardcore FPS. Somebody loves something like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Somebody will go to the Animals Crossing. And it's fine. So I'm happy. The more people will come to the video games industry, the more people will be able to feed from the video games industry, and the more people will be happy playing games. Yeah, thank you. That was actually a very inspirational vision of the future that we're all going to. Vlad, I thank you a lot for the conversation. Again, super sorry about the hiccup at the beginning. Uh, I wish you all the good luck. And um, we'll make sure to add the links to your projects down to the description of the video so the users could come and uh, subscribe and have a look and check it out for themselves. Uh, Kirill, thank you. thank you very much for the question. Always yours, and good luck with everything you do. I love AT.LV, and uh, subscribe, watch everything. So, and you have so many great people uh, contributing art as well. So, love your audience as well. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for enjoying another episode of the 80 Level Roundtable podcast. Check out upcoming episodes on the 80 Level website at 80.lv. Join our career site at 80.lv slash RFP. And share our podcast with friends and on your social networks.